Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's the right journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Christine. And I'm Regina. So, what's up with you? I've been working on a little sum sum. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) I just made like dead eye contact with her. Oh, gross. Yeah, what is that? What's the something something? The something something is um, a clothing line. Oh my god. Am I going to get free clothes? I'll think about it. Oh my god. I'll give you a certain discount off your first order. (laughs) (laughs) It's always like after you make the first purchase, here's $2 off your second purchase. Yeah, here's two cents off of shipping next time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, tell me more. I mean, this is a very new project for me, but it is something that I guess has been a consistent thing. Fashion, like I've always really liked it. And I've always liked to kind of test new boundaries. Like I always find myself on YouTube watching like thrift hauls or like styling videos and things like that. For me, it all started because I have a more curvy shape. And so I hate buying pants. It is extremely difficult for me. I mean, I feel like that's how a lot of these brands start, right? They find a problem and they try to solve it. So I'm trying to design workwear for the working woman. Mm -hmm. And the whole concept behind it is that I feel like with clothing, some of us just schlep it on and, you know, go about our days. Some of us give a lot of thought to it. And I kind of wanted to be that in between that makes it easy for women to get dressed in the mornings and Mm -hmm. still feel confident about themselves. I know that people say fashion and beauty and all of those things are oh so superficial, but there's really something very powerful about a woman feeling confident in the clothes that she wears and the confidence that exudes from her when she's, you know, feeling really good about an outfit and ready to just kick ass in a meeting, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my whole concept behind it is to build a minimalistic wardrobe with pieces that are easy to mix and match and that are more importantly easy to take care of because no one has time to go to the dry cleaners to drop off pants or blouses and and stuff like that. So I still have a bag of clothes that I'm supposed to drop off to the dry cleaners. From how many years ago? The past two years. <laughs> it's just been sitting there. Exactly. It's just so impractical. And I feel like there's so many things about women's clothing that is impractical. Mm. Like, no pockets. Oh, I love pockets. I know. Why are all of our pockets fake? And also, our pockets are smaller. Yeah, they're smaller. The clothes are just not practical. Like, I feel like a lot of clothing for women were not designed with women in mind. So that's definitely a very big priority when I'm going through like the designs. And I've been actually taking a design class and learning about like fabrics and patterns and I'm learning so much about clothes that like I had no idea about before. It's been really fun to dive into this hobby of mine that has been pretty consistent, but like I never really invested in until now. Yeah, and your sense of style is exactly what you described. It's very chic. It's very simple. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. And you also accessorize it accordingly. So it's really cool to see the evolution of your style from, you know, when we first mm-hmm. met in college to now a working woman, yeah. you know, in your later 20s. Everything that you described are also issues that I face because I'm super lazy. And like I said, <laughs> I'm someone who just prioritizes comfort. So I can wear the same thing for like months. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> if no one has seen me in this outfit, then I'm wearing it again. I'm actually like, if you've seen me more than a couple times this month, you can pretty much guarantee I'm wearing the same thing. Maybe just a different color sweater. Are you the type of person who, if you find something, you'll buy it in like five different colors? No. (laughs) Just me? Okay. I know there's a lot of people who are like that because like, yeah, once it fits well, it Mm -hmm. looks good. There's variety to it. For me, clothing fashion has never been my strong point. When I do try, I feel like an impersonator and I'm Mm. trying too hard. Yeah, I really like simplicity. I like classic pieces because my body type has not changed since middle school. (laughs) So I can wear clothes for 10, 15 years. (laughs) And I guess it fits that I'm not the most trendy person. So I can wear something, yeah, that's been outdated and actually it comes back into fashion. (laughs) You wait until it's back in fashion and then you're like, oh my god, yeah, like I've been doing this before everyone has. (laughs) Exactly. I really love that you're pursuing this and just something, yeah, that started as an interest. You know your style and you're naturally drawn to fashion and then now you're putting your stamp out there in the world for like you said, fulfilling a need that you yourself have realized that doesn't really suit you, that you can't really find easily. Mm -hmm. And it's not just for your body type. It's also something for me. We're very different body types. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm like, what you're saying, I'm going, yes, oh my God. And I'm trying to find a way to be more accommodating, whether that's like advice for women with different body types. Because I think that like one of the things too is that as women, because we have such different body types and shapes and all sizes, it's hard for us to figure out what works for us. Like it took me till this past year for me to realize like, oh, hey, if I wear this, this is more flattering than this. And when you're surrounded in a world full of like Instagram and YouTube where everybody's like styling all these super cute outfits, but they're all one body type, it's hard to figure out like what works for you and what doesn't. And so I definitely want to have that be part of the mission of teaching women a little bit about fashion, simplifying the fashion dressing process, and just be ready to to take on the world. We've already started creating a couple of like samples and prototypes, um, have patterns. I kind of want to go off the concept of like a capsule wardrobe. So I'm trying to finalize like the item list. But yeah, I already have a couple samples of like pants made and stuff like that. So it's just a matter of like production and finding fabrics and stuff, which is probably not as easy as I think it is but it's exciting like things are moving but it's also making me like really anxious because I'm so so new to fashion like I know nothing about it and so everything has just been really really new but that's so exciting that you're having the courage to move forward in something that excites you and that you're learning yeah so I mean that perfectly goes into I mean this is one of our more seamless transitions right today's topic which is career versus hobby. Yeah. And the thing is, when it comes to career versus hobby, I think both of us always get questions like, oh, how did you find the courage to pursue your passion and hobby? Like, how did you decide that this is what you wanted to do? There's this like very idealistic way 
in which people think about pursuing their hobbies or passions and that it's this like perfectly smooth road and as long as you love it everything is just rainbows and butterflies this is what you're meant to do this is yeah this is what you're meant to do and I know that Christine and I always talk about that you know looking inside yourself figuring out what you want chasing that and I think that we wanted to address this topic because it's not as smooth sailing as it always seems. Uh, it's never. It's never. And I think that there are a lot of hiccups along the way that like people might kind of brush over, especially when they have become very successful. When you look at them, you're kind of like, oh, wow, that's cool. But like, look at all your success now. Yeah. We wanted to dive a little deeper into what we've gone through in the past that has kind of led us to what we think about chasing our passion or not chasing our passion. Yeah. And what happens when your hobby turns into a career can you turn your hobby into career should you all these things like people are like oh my god how do I pursue what I love but once I do it it's not fun anymore and what was inspirational and creative for me now is work Mm -hmm. and I don't enjoy it as much anymore so should I not pursue it then is that not meant for me should I try something else so these are all really really good relevant questions that Regina and I have been through ourselves and you know in the process of still figuring it out so that's why you know Regina sharing that she's taken design classes and that's led to her creating certain pieces it's a process and it's a process that unless she specifically dives into all the nitty-gritty of it you just hear the glamorous side like oh my god she's gonna start a clothing line that's amazing no there's so much to it that's what we really wanted to get into and like is she gonna make that her career yeah i don't know <laughs> so let's go into it so what has your experience been when it comes to like career versus hobby or chasing your passion and making your passion passion into your dream job, all of that. I think growing up, I always chased passion. My dad, he is a doctor, but he loves his job. Like he truly, truly loves it. And I think having grown up on movies and TVs that always fed you this idea of chasing passion and, you know, do what you love. I think that was definitely very much so me. When I got into college, I was kind of at this crossroads, which I've talked about many times over, but you know, it was, do I pursue medicine or do I chase my passion for career and media? And Mm -hmm. as YouTube started to grow and I immersed myself in movie and television and I kind of found my niche, like my passion began to grow for media. When I graduated, I was like, yep, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go do it. And I moved to New York and I started working for CBS and that was like my dream job. I was so, so excited. But as I started to see what the industry was like, I felt like I started to see a lot of the dark side of what media was like. And I think I saw kind of the grubby side of, you know, people always being very like money hungry and they're like cheap ploys to make easy ad money, you know, not very inclusive leadership. And there's just a lot of like slimy people. And I think the thing about a dream job when you get it is that you just think that, oh my God, everything's going to be great. Like I've got it. I've done it. It's smooth sailing from here. When I started to see kind of this darker side, it was really hard for me to adjust. Being an ENFJ, you know, referencing a previous episode now, I'm the type of person who has like very strong values that I like to live by. And when I feel like what I'm doing doesn't align with that, I begin to question everything. 
And when I started to see like, oh, companies are all really focused on money and focused on numbers and all of that, like to me that felt schemey. But I also understand that like companies need money in order to be successful. So it was like this really weird time in my life where I felt like I was contributing to what I thought I wanted, but then was also having like a really hard time with it. And that's the thing about chasing passion. Like you're going to get to a point where you realize like, oh, this sucks (laughs) and it's hard and it kind of takes the fun and takes the passion away that you had for it because you start to deal with it on a daily basis and it may not be in the most pleasant situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think that's the part that kind of gets us stuck, right? Because yeah. then, like you said, it's the values part that you feel like is being stepped on. For me, I also experienced that in the same way where it was like, oh man, once the realities of the world came into my passion and it conflicted, then I started to have a hard time where I'm like, yeah, this idealistic version of if it feels right, it is right. The people are great. You love every minute of what you do. Because that quote of like, oh, as long as you find what you love, then you won't work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. That can be misconstrued (laughs) in many different ways. And I think a more naive and an experienced way to look at it for me was then there shouldn't be any hiccups. Like as in, I'm going to get along with everyone that I work with. Everyone's going to be on the same page about what we're really trying to do and how we're going to change the world. And morals and ethics are the highest priority over money and fame and all of that. But it's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reality situation is that we live in a money-driven world, right? Money is what is needed to keep the business going. But it is also the thing that can divide a lot of people. And And even yourself, right? I'm sure a lot of you have heard the situation where it's like, oh, I like this job more, but it pays less. What do I do? And obviously in an idealistic world, you would be able to merge the two and your hobby, as long as you have this deep passion for it, it will give you everything that you ever wanted. But sometimes it doesn't always work that way. I think the difference between career versus hobby really is the money part. A hobby really is just you find enjoyment, relaxation from it. You do it as like a fun thing, but it's also totally 100% fine that you're not making money from it. Versus a career, you want to make a living from it. You want to find a way to contribute to making the world a better place by sharing your gift and you want to keep getting better at your craft. So that's the difference between career versus hobby. Whether you want to make a hobby into a career, I think that usually entails how are you going to make money? (laughs) How are you going to sustain a level of living and a lifestyle that suits you by doing your hobby? And in the process, it could be what was once pastime of fun now turns to work. That can definitely add to it's not as fun anymore. But that's kind of the part of what I realized if we're going back into like having a passionate career. What I got confused on is that it does not equal that you love it 24-7. And like we said, it won't be seamless. And Actually, the part of it, the key golden part to it is that it will take trial and error. It will take falling. It will take failing, growing, and there will be super sucky times. That's all part of it. And that's part of life, to be honest. Mm -hmm. No matter what, we will not get it right the first time. You graduate from college. You get your first entry-level job. You can't call yourself a professional because you have no experience. And that's exactly where you're supposed to be at. Honestly, the way that 
say me and Regina approach careers and being passionate is that the beauty of it is not getting it right the first time. The beauty, the key to life and especially to your career is the part where you grow. We all look at the destination of like, oh my God, you're going to be a beautiful butterfly. How do we become the beautiful butterfly that we see everybody else as? But really the magic is in the caterpillar actually cocooning and transforming into the butterfly. The struggling part, that's the beauty. Without having that experience and life experience, I didn't realize that. I just wanted to get to the destination. I wanted to be good at what I did and really contribute fully, wholeheartedly. And so when cracks started to happen, when I started to fail and stumble as I naturally would, then I started to feel really doubtful about everything that I was doing. And yes, we, like we talked about the realities of the world of making money that didn't align with me. But then now I'm starting to realize like, oh, uh, you need to make a living. <laughs> that's just part of it and there's nothing wrong with that and actually I'm doing work on it myself where it's like why do I have such an issue about making money I I feel uncomfortable charging people for doing what I love Mm -hmm. is what I realize and that's something I'm working with my life coach about because it's so weird I feel guilt I'm like oh I shouldn't charge people because I actually enjoy what I love and my life coach is like so then would you rather do something that you don't love (laughs) and then charge a lot of money (laughs) and make money (laughs) both can merge you know so Mm -hmm. I think that's the part where the more you learn about yourself the more that you can better contribute to the world and if you're someone that pursues a passion-filled career then for me ideally it's me showing up as my best and true self and that takes trial and error that takes failing at the end of the day it really doesn't matter what you do that's what I realized because I was so caught up in like okay I'm gonna be in media and then what is it I'm gonna be event planner I'm gonna be producer what is it that I'm gonna do but what I realized it actually doesn't matter. The core value to myself is trying to uplift other people, right? So there's so many ways to do that and pursue it, whether it's a career or or hobby, however you feel like fulfills you. It's just another mechanism or medium to learn how to grow and better contribute. So with your hobby, if you feel like it gives you a sense of peace and relaxation like it makes you happy you can balance that from your career that makes you feel stressed out then you have a hobby that makes you feel happy about yourself then you could show up better for your career or other places in your life then that's what the hobby serves for you so i think sometimes i've made it such a big deal in the past of like defining exactly what it is and having it follow a certain type of definition for me and then when it didn't and i wasn't good at it right away then I would be so hard and self-critical on myself that, like Regina said, I would question everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I was missing the whole point. For sure. I completely relate to that. I think that it's very discouraging when you're like, oh, but this is the only thing I'm quote unquote good at, right? Because you've so identified yourself with this one passion or this one hobby that you have that you're trying to turn into a career. And one of the things too about pursuing a hobby or passion that isn't necessarily the most stable, like people will constantly remind you of that. That makes it even more difficult because not only do you have to prove to yourself, you have to prove to others. You're like, no, this is okay. Like I can do this. And I agree with Christine. Like I think that when I was growing up, because I was so focused on passion and I was like, oh yeah, as long as I do something I'm passionate about, everything's going to be okay. And when it wasn't okay, I got really, really discouraged. I started questioning myself. I started questioning like, maybe this isn't right for me. Like maybe I should just go do a more normal career path, just make money and then do my hobby on the side. Like that's something that I know that my dad does. I mean, he's 
in a very fortunate position where he loves both his career and his hobby. I don't think that that happens for everyone, but he has photography on the side and he loves photography, but he was like, no, that's, that's my hobby. Like, I don't want to have to rely on that to provide for my family. Like I want to have my job and then have a fun hobby that I do on the weekends. It was something that I was always told, but I didn't really truly understand until I got older. And I have plenty of friends who are like, oh yeah, my job is whatever's, but you know, on the weekends, I like to do this and do this. And it's totally fine keeping the two separate. Sometimes there's like a stigma that people are like, oh, you don't like your job. A job is not going to be pleasant like the majority of the time because it's a job. There are a lot of minute things that keep a business running that may not be the most fun. So on the day to day, you're going to have to do a lot of like little details to keep things running that may not be the most exciting. But if you believe in the overarching idea and it feeds into your values, that's what's most important then to focus on the day to day tasks that you have to do in a career. Mm -hmm. And that is so true where it's the business aspect that makes a difference between career versus hobby. And what I'm learning now in starting my own life coaching business is like, yeah, looking back, it absolutely made sense why when I was just so focused on passion, passion and doing what I love, I was not thinking from a business mindset at all. Even if I'm working for somebody else, I was not being strategic about what were my goals in this? How was I going to elevate myself? And what are my plans for it? If I want to get a promotion, what are the different things that I would want to accomplish? How do I want to grow in this company or in this position? Or where do I see myself in three to five years? It may not be at this company, it may be somewhere else. And I just got that confused because I was like, well, I'm just going to find the job and the company that I love and stay there forever and just let everything else fill in the blanks because it's just going to be great and perfect. When it didn't, I wasn't getting the pay that I wanted. I was feeling resentful for putting in all this time and effort and not getting rewarded in some sort of way or acknowledged. I didn't even define what that meant to me. I just thought like, oh, well, I just wanted acknowledgement that I'm doing work. But actually what I really wanted was a raise, <laughs> you know, and that's the part of me where I was like, oh, I shouldn't care about money. I shouldn't care about money. But I was fighting within myself about that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting compensated for the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. That was the part of me that I'm learning now where it's like, well, if that's the case, being a businesswoman in the working field, like, what are you going to say and do to achieve that? Like, if you want to make more money and maintain a standard level of living, how are you going to get that? If I want to buy another car or move by the beach, what are my plans in doing so? I just kept feeling like, oh, no, they'll recognize my work and just give me more money. And then I'll move to the beach. It'll be beautiful. And I'll just keep ascending. And I don't know, we'll just get bigger and bigger. So I just never took the time to plan out these things for my own life. In a hobby, you don't have to do that. And I think I was really treating my career like a hobby mm. and not really putting in the work or understanding the difference in how I wanted to keep growing and learning. I just kind of threw that carelessly into the wind, almost in an entitled way felt like, oh, I should just get these things because of my passion and that I work hard. And maybe that's part of my upbringing. It's like, oh, as an Asian you work hard, keep your head low, and yeah. you know, you'll be recognized for it. And you'll get rewarded. Yeah. yeah. And that's 
not always the case. So ultimately, now what I'm learning is your career, that is what comes with it, you know, learning the business language. And what do you want for yourself? Like define that for yourself, define what success means to you, because it may be very different compared to your friends or what you see on Instagram or what you think it is. It really is separating out what matters to you, what is your self-truth, and then you can adjust accordingly. Because for example, success means me spending quality time with my close friends and family, bring joy to others. Also, I want to live by the beach. You know, I want to have a million puppies. All these things are like things that matter to me. But then it's like, okay, so then break that down into numbers. What does it actually look like? If you want to own your own house, what does that cost? When do you want that to happen? And based off the career path that you are in now, the position, how much you're getting paid, how long will it take for you to achieve that if that is what matters to you? There's nothing wrong with wanting to start a family, wanting to have a savings account to travel at least twice a year, but all of that takes planning and really asking yourself, what is it that matters to you so that you can actually make sure that happens? And like, okay, so then, I'm not making enough now and it's not necessarily it's about money but it's also just like I also would like to get promoted because I feel like I want to learn how to be a manager now or how to run my own business in the future so but now that I'm at a company I want to learn all the secrets now or perhaps it's like maybe it's a career change that's a good starting off point by just even addressing for yourself what is it that matters to you what does success mean to you and how do you go about achieving that Yeah, for sure. I think pursuing anything is going to be hard work. Whether you choose to separate your career and your hobby or to pursue your hobby as a career. I I love all the things that you said about planning. I think that that is definitely something that I need to be more conscious of. Like I have all these like big goals and dreams that I've always set out for myself. And I feel like now is the time to make them actionable. And I'm struggling to make them tangible and to make them achievable. Our parents' generation, for them, a career was finding a job and staying there for 40 years until retirement, basically. Like it wasn't common for them to change as often as we do versus now I feel like within our friend groups, if someone stays at their job for more than two years, you're like, are you okay? (laughs) Is everything okay? When are you leaving? Yeah. When are you leaving? (laughs) Like that is actually one of like the first questions that I always think about like, oh, are you thinking about your next move? Which is crazy because like two years is honestly not that long of a time, you know? But I think that in this day and age, our mentality towards career is definitely different. I think everybody is always focused on growth, which is great. But I think that we always do need to kind of keep it in check. Remember what you're chasing in the first place and keeping it in line with your overarching like life goals. If your life goal is to make a lot of money and you have a career that does that, great. If your life goal is to spend a lot of time with your family, but your job requires you to work crazy hours, then it might be time to kind of do a bit of a reevaluation to see what works and what doesn't. I think that your 20s are a really great time to experiment with that. But as we get older and have more responsibilities, I do think that, you know, it becomes more pressing, especially as things get more expensive, as our lifestyles get more expensive. It's really important to have a career and hobby that can support us financially, but also support us in that personally fulfilling way. 
Right, right. And I love everything that you said about that, where it really is through life experience and seeing what your priorities are. And to be honest, we change over time. So you don't have to get it right. You don't need to know all the answers now. So if you're deciding what major that's going to determine the rest of your life, or you graduated from college and you're looking for your entry level job that's going to determine the rest of your career, like it doesn't have to be that heavy. And mm-hmm. quite honestly, you'll probably change what you're doing throughout the course of life. Maybe up until you're 30 or 40, you're doing the same job, but maybe one day you're like, hey, you know what? I Things are not the same for me anymore and I want to change that. And that's totally okay. People change careers and direction all the time. So it really just means that you're evolving and changing as a person and you're honoring that. A lot of times what we do with our life, we translate that into our career, right? So it's like career usually means what you're doing in life. So people are like, what's up? What are you doing now, etc. And how well we're doing our career or how well we're doing equates to money and title, which means how successful you are. That's why we tend to update people with all the positives of what's happening in our career. Because ultimately, we're trying to validate our value and the value that we bring. Everything else is just a measure of how much value we are. So if you get promoted, you get paid more money, you have a higher title to the world, to everyone else, it seems like you're more valuable. But really understanding and following that train of thought of that You already are valuable. How you show up, where you are, what you've brought with you in terms of how you grew up, your mentality, your core values, you already are valuable. But there's also a sense of humbleism of being open-minded to learn and grow as a person. So going into that, you don't need money or title to prove to anyone that you are valuable. You already are. And you're just learning how to be a better person, a better human in society and to other people. That's why a career is just a way of showing that. Basically, what we're trying to say is really ask yourself what matters to you, what matters to you now. And you can start making decisions accordingly, right? Because like, I love that Regina said that sometimes to you, it's a high value of yours to spend time with the people you love, family and friends. But there are a lot of jobs that require you to work like 14 plus hours. And afterwards, you're so exhausted from working that you're resting. So you don't have time to spend with your family and friends. And maybe after trying that and you're realizing, you know what, this isn't working for me then you can ask yourself, maybe success means to you that you're making enough money to sustain this lifestyle. You don't need the biggest house. Like for me, I actually like living in apartments versus owning a house. So, which I also know. Yes, yes, it costs a lot of money either way. That's not a priority of mine. That doesn't mean it fulfills me to own my own house or to start a family. If that were the case, it would be a priority of mine to make a lot more money right now. And that's okay. It totally is okay. So that's why my definition of success success rule fulfills me, it's going to be different from other people. As long as I check in with myself about that and make adjustments and acknowledge those feelings, then that's really all that matters. So putting too much emphasis on like, oh, how do I chase my passion? What is it that I'm doing with my life? And am I not like living up to my potential and all of that? Or my family says I should do this, but I don't agree with that. We understand. (laughs) We totally get it. And it's okay. That's all part of the process of figuring out what matters to you. To sum it all up, I kind of wrote, TLDR, no matter what you pursue, it's going to be difficult, but don't let the challenges get you down. It's okay to pursue whatever you want as long as it makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And like another good way to look at that versus challenges and that it's going to be difficult is like 
It's the opportunities. It's the opportunity to learn. And it's what you learn about yourself along the way. Yeah, and that's so exciting. It really is because then you really get to see your potential and limits. Like we say limits as in like, oh, you're not good enough. You're like, this is where you stop at when other people exceed and all that. But no, it's like knowing your limits is where you can know like that's too much for me. That doesn't speak to me the way that it speaks to other people. So I'm going to redirect that energy into what really serves me so that I can really show up as me versus me trying to be somebody else. At the end of the day, it's difficult. It can be challenging if you look at it in that way, but it's also really great opportunities to become who you are meant to be and being perfectly happy with who you are now, but also giving room to grow and continuously show up as who you are evolving and changing into, which is fantastic. It only is fantastic for yourself and everybody else in the world. You know the feeling of when you are truly aligned with yourself, you feel peace? Kind of like the world just makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's simple. It's it's not as complicated. And the presence that you bring and the energy that you are is completely different than when things are like jumbled and complicated and like... And you feel like you're being stretched in like different ways and directions that you don't agree with. Like I think that we all do have this gut feeling of what feels right and what doesn't. And when we go against that, that's when it feels like we're, you know, going against the current. For everyone, it's different. For everyone, it has a different meaning of what makes them feel satisfied a lot of people will kind of hit those walls and feel like, oh, let's turn back, like abort mission. Let's start over with something else. And I think that that's kind of what I was like when I first got this job that I had been fighting for for so long. I got it. I hit a roadblock and then I was like, oh no, do I have to turn around? Do I have to start over? Do I veer and completely change. What I've learned through pursuing my, I guess it is a hobby in a way, is that you will learn a lot about yourself. For a really long time, I became scared of it. And so I just kept wanting to pivot and pivot and pivot. But ultimately what I learned about myself is that I am that type of person who wants a career that lines up with my values. And I think the core of my being is that I want to help uplift others. And so as I continue to figure out this balance between career and hobby, I know that those are two things that I find very valuable and want to invest my time in. So no matter which path you decide to pursue, just make sure that it aligns with what your overall life goal is. I think that we have so much focus, like you said, on careers and having that be what defines us, that we lose sight of what is really valuable to us. Yeah, I mean, it's a journey, guys. The thing to keep in mind is that career, your job, you're going to spend most of your life doing that. You know, that's where most of your time goes to. So the part about enjoying it somewhat, I think for me, holds a lot of merit because I'm going to spend most of my life doing that Mm -hmm. and I want to really love it for me. Yeah. Versus other people, they're okay because they're like, well, you know, I can spend the money that I make from that and do stuff that I enjoy. So at the end of the day, it's a journey of your life. It's not what defines you. What you do does not define you, even if it's passion, because what defines you is who you are and who you show up as. Whatever you guys are pursuing we wish you all the love the and light and that yeah and that you know we'd love to hear what your journey has been and the stuff that you've encountered in your career and what you've learned and how you've grown and developed and how do you guys live your life at work do you guys chase it out of passion or is it also just a mechanism to 
just make a living and you have other things in life that are important to you. So yeah, what does success mean to you guys? We'd love to hear from you. So definitely feel free to message us on Instagram and we'll link all of our Instagram handles and where to contact us in the description below. So thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I hope this helps inspire you to take the next step in living your best life. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.